real estate over there and hustle over here. Got real estate over there and hustle over here. Welcome to the Uninvited House Guest Podcast. I'm Tony Stanford. I'm Joy Bailey. Thank you for checking us out. So we're going to uh, play a clip from the news uh, on this article um, to give us some context for today's podcast, um, which we'll title HOA. Charlie Cromartie admits she owed some HOA dues back in January. She says just $132. But she says then one thing led to another. She told me the HOA claimed she was leasing out the house without the right paperwork. She says she wasn't. She says the HOA fined her for weeds. And she says the real killer, she racked up late fees. Listen to this, $100 per day. I just don't think it's fair, but it's not right. So she says she's been refusing to pay, going back and forth with the HOA for months. I said, this is insane. I said, these excessive fees are insane to me. And now this, Cromartie told me the HOA put this lien on her property. She says she now owes more than $4,700 and has to pay it by July 26th, where the HOA may foreclose on her house. You scared? Yeah, because they can take your house. Meanwhile, the HOA's management company told me it won't discuss Cromartie's account for privacy reasons. I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep doing whatever I can. So, as you have heard, um, one lady here in Charlotte is um behind an hoa charlie uh dues as a result of a couple violations uh, which may cause her to lose her home so the topic of discussion today will be are hoas good or are they bad um joy what you think i love my hoa i do it keeps chaos from being in the community Right now, my grass is the chaos, but hey, don't worry about all that. That's not what we're talking about. It's not about me. Um, I love HOAs. Um, I, I do know that you're absolutely right, though. They they have been, um, had to be pulled back um, multiple times in terms of the authority that they have. A lot of people don't realize that their authority supersedes the first lien um, which is with your mortgage. So you can very well make your mortgage payment one time, every time, and owe your HOA dues, and they say, uh-uh, you owe us some money. Get up out of here. But no, I, I ain't got no people with HOAs. I think everybody should have an HOA. So I'm going to argue both sides because that's what I like to do. But uh, I'm going to first say that I think, generally speaking, HOAs are a good idea. Um, there are, I don't know, I said this, all HOAs aren't created equal. There are very good HOAs, there are very bad HOAs, and there's some in the middle. Uh, and I distinguish good from bad, I mean, in the way they enforce rules or create rules. Um, and some of them, again, are like ticky-tacky, which a lot of people don't like. But some of them also help to make sure that your value of your house continues to grow, which obviously, if you're in real estate, you want your house to grow so you can, you know, sell it for more money or, you know, borrow against it, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but typically they are well intended. Um, obviously you have, uh, the ability to be an active participant in HOA, come up with the rules, help design the rules. So for those purposes, they're good. Obviously the bad side is of course, if you are involved in a situation like this woman in the story 
and you fail to, uh, what's the word I want to say, respond in a timely manner to what's going on in HOA, it does compound and then it puts you in a situation where they can take your house, uh, which could be bad. Obviously, it seems like it wasn't anything that was crazy that was going on at her particular property. She might have been violating some rules, but nothing too crazy. Uh, but she also, it sounds like, just ignored the situation instead of facing the head on like, hey, I'm either paying this or I'm not paying this or, hey, can we talk about this? So, I mean, in general, if you have a situation with your HOA, it's best that you attack it head on because ultimately they do have the trump card, which is, hey, we can foreclose your property. So not communicating is not the answer. Um, and like I said, there are ones in between. So I say good, bad, and in between. In between is they, and they have some basic rules where, again, they want to make sure, you know, nobody has um, a hot pink house, right, in your neighborhood, which is probably not the most eye-appealing thing. Um, so it just depends, again, on where you are. And then there's other ones who, hey, this they don't have a lot of rules at all, and they're not restricting from anything. They're just really there because they help uh, with, like, say, group bills, or so whether that's external maintenance of the property or things like that. Um, so I mean, like they're good, bad, and there's somewhere in the middle as far as HOAs are concerned. So I think it's important too to talk about what is the timeline of foreclosure. A lot of people think, oh, they're foreclosing on me. That means that I got to move tomorrow. Um, there's there are a lot of steps that are in between, and um, I do have them here just to give you all a general idea because I know this one is a little bit. Um, unique because we're talking about HOA, but there are a lot of people that are hoping for the wave of foreclosures to come so they can, you know, get a house half off. Um, generally speaking, particularly in North Carolina, the process takes about 120 days um, from the date that the first payment is missed. So that means that you can go about four months without making a payment. Um, and then, you know, they, they're going to check in with you to make sure you still live in the property. Um, they have to go a certain number of days without you being responsive. There are a lot of um, hurdles that people have to, well, that the bank has to go to in order to be able to foreclose upon your property. I'm not exactly sure how it differs with the HOA, uh, but I would imagine it, it's hopefully going to take you know a few months, and maybe she'll be able to get something uh, worked out with them. I guess to that point, so the way HOA laws work is they consensually put a lien on your property um, anytime for any amount of money after 30 days past due. And then after 90 days, of course, they can start the foreclosure process. And in her case, her issue started in January. It sounds like she hasn't paid since January. It is now July. Um, so she's well within that time limit. Um, and then there is a bill on the floor, House Bill 542. Um, is actually going to set it so that now the minimum they can actually start the foreclosure process is $2,500, which again, in this case, it won't help her because her bill exceeds that. Her bill is $4,000 plus. Oh, for the HOA to be yeah, able yeah, foreclosure? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it could be any amount. So again, if you owe $10, they can start foreclosure technically right now. But with the new bill they have in place or on the floor um, to be voted on, essentially it, can, it has been raised to $2,500, which is, I think it's good or reasonable. Um, because again, two if you two thousand dollars a whole, that's a significant amount of money. I don't know a mortgage that's cheaper than that. So you know, um, but yeah. So I say that to say, um, that is the process currently. Like I said, so their the HOA is well in their right to do that. Again, there's goods and bads about HOAs, and I'm also say come other things she probably should have did is obviously she should have paid right away or challenged it. She didn't agree with it. Sounds like she didn't do either. Um, also just talk to your neighbors. Maybe they're potentially going with the same issues or have the same complaints. Of course, there's always strength in numbers. 
Um, again, try talking with the board or meeting with the board. If they do have meetings, typically they have them at least once a year, if not quarterly, depending on how, again, active the board is. And then lastly, of course, if all that fails, talk to a lawyer, right? Um, of course, it does cost you to talk to a lawyer. So it might be cheaper to pay those HOA fees than to get an attorney, but you have the right to do that as well. Um, some attorneys don't charge you until, you know, settlement, things like that. But if it's a bad case, they probably won't even take on the case, right? I mean, again, so there's options, of course. But like I said, ultimately, I would say there's always um, always good, bad, and, and, and ugly when we talk about this potential thing. And everybody has different opinions. Um, like I said, I personally haven't had any bad issues with HOAs personally. Um, again, sometimes you just got to, once you figure out how they are, feel like you know what, how the rules are and how to play. Um, it's no different than anything else. You go to work, you got a dress code or whatever you do, right? There's typically rules. If you go out at dinner or certain places, they won't let you in if you ain't got the right kind of shoes on, right? I mean, again, most people follow rules. They're placing and everybody saying, oh, well, I pay a lot of money. Why would I want to follow rules? The rules are in place to help your property retain its value so that you can sell it at the highest peak. Um, and ultimately, like, again, just to protect your property. Um, I don't know too many rules. I think that are, again, they're just negligent. Like maybe you might have a rule. What's a rule y'all got in your community? I don't know any of the rules. <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest with you. Um, like, I'm not even kidding. I haven't, I don't, I'm, oh, the fences, right? So you, your fence, um, can only be a certain type of fence. It has to be with like one of maybe two options and it can only be so high. I think four feet is like the highest that you can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you add an addition onto your home, it has to fall within a particular design that is already existing that they, you know, designed for you. Um, like a deck can only be so big. Um, uh, they have rules for like you know, a hot tub. It has to be, you know, I don't know if it's above ground or not, but they, they address all of those things. Uh, pretty much anything that is going to impact the exterior uh, and the appearance of the neighborhood is what they try to uh, regulate. But I tell you, um, like I said, I love HOAs. I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people complain about them, but it if you go through some of these neighborhoods and you see people with their trash cans out in the front and, you know, it's not trash day and... They haven't pressure washed their house, so they have like the green stuff all over the house. It's not a good look. It looks really, really poorly. And sometimes people have to just be told what to do. That's a good point. I would say for a person who is new to home ownership, I think an HOA would be good because it'll give you some guidelines to play within, right? You're not you're getting adjusted to being a homeowner. You don't necessarily know the rules and it helps you one get a, like a regular maintenance plan it sounds like for the exterior house specifically um but again it also helps retain the value of your house right you, who who wants to spend hundred thousands of dollars right and immediately your house is not worth what it was worth before because hey your neighbor doesn't cut the grass or your neighbor is running um a car repair shop in his front lawn so things like that, again, nothing against that, but those things are things that potentially could cause your property value to go down. Um, because again, those are things that count towards property value, which again is important if you're trying to sell. Um, I will also say like, depending on the type of community you live in, if y'all don't have the right reserves, it could also be a negative on you. So those are, there are some things that are bad about them, right? Um, typically that doesn't happen in community like Joy is talking about, because again, they only really do external stuff. So they're there really for just the bare minimum necessities that you need. But again, if you're living like a condo or things like that, 
um, the reserves of that community are important or maybe even the number of renters versus the number of owners. That's also important because loan officers or loan companies look at that uh, when they decide if they want to help put new owners purchase in those communities. And or even like if the condo like or, you know, approved by the FHA or what have you, um, when you have those HOA dues on, in those condos, yeah, the HOA, sometimes they get sued and that could stop everything so you gotta make sure even if your community does have HOA you might want to do just a little bit of research to make sure that the HOA is being run properly um, because if it's not run properly they could be in some some trouble which could prevent you from even being able to move into that um, that community Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like we are I guess both on the agreements that HOA is for the most part good um, it is unfortunate what's happening to our sister over here in Charlotte and, and her community. Uh, we'll definitely uh, keep abreast of the story and see what happens. And hopefully she does figure a way to resolve it, which most likely is going to be calling paying or making a payment on it. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll see what goes on with her situation. But um, again, we wanted to talk about HOAs and kind of, you know, what people thought, whether it's good or bad. Um, and like I said, it sounds like we both agree that for the most part they are needed. Um, just again for home ownership and general upkeep of the neighborhood so hopefully you guys uh, agree and if you don't we would love to hear from you in the comments on this podcast or wherever we post it in social media as well um so yeah cool so we got this segment of the podcast where we do like a trending topic it's just a real quick blitz um if it's if a discussion gets too good it'll turn into further discussion later but it's called mortgage points mm-hmm. um so it's about mortgages obviously or potentially about mortgages um, and today's topic is so uh, a lot of the um, housing market crash pushers have been talking about um, this foreclosure wave that's supposed to be coming from the Airbnb market. Um, I don't have an Airbnb, um, but I think you do, right? I sure do. How's it going? Airbnb is uh, pretty smooth right now. Summertime, we got concerts almost every weekend, uh, festivals, uh, MLS soccer. Uh, so typically, Airbnb, for Charlotte specifically, this is, I think, my fifth year doing Airbnb. Uh, but uh, typically, it goes really well in the summer months because people travel to Charlotte for some reason as a popping spot. Um, whether people are coming here to kind of check out the Carolinas because it's an easy stop from a flight perspective and then go to maybe Asheville or to the beach or whatever. Um, so you get a lot of people with that, but we also have like a lot of one day events. So we got festivals. Um, I think Beyonce is coming obviously in a few weeks. Uh, Drink is coming here. So again, literally people typically blink around bigger events we have in the city. Um, thing like Blink 182 or somebody has a concert coming up this weekend as well. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's always a lot of concerts. There's always a lot of events. So literally somebody might come up from Raleigh and stay for the night or two nights or whatever the case may be. So you get a lot of people to come in. Um, I believe stat-wise, it says most people travel to Charlotte less than 300 miles away uh, as far as, like, staying here. So that means there are a lot of people, like, in our backyard who, again, come to Charlotte because maybe they got friends here, family here, and I wouldn't necessarily stay with that person, but they'll book Airbnb. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's going really well, and it's the time of year that it typically does well. Uh, Post-CIAA, if people were familiar with that, we typically, uh, Airbnb start going crazy basically as they get warmer. So March 15 on, pretty much you get a lot of activity in Airbnb. Me specifically, that's kind of been my, my thing. But also market to uh, working professionals, people who would be typically coming here for work for a week. Um, just based on my location, to typically work out for them as well. 
um, so solo travelers, I'm not, I don't have a, a large Airbnb, it's a smaller property, and again, something for working people, or some people just want somewhere close to all the action, but not a lot of noise. So. Do you hire someone for this, or is this something that you manage all on your own? I mostly uh, manage it on my own. Um, I do have some assistance uh, that I can kind of farm some things out to you based on when stuff is booked, but for the most part, I do manage it on my own. Okay, so um, based on the rate that you uh, rent out for, how many nights do you have to rent for it to pay for itself? About 10 nights. Do you do 10 nights every month? Almost every month. Okay. So here's my thing with the Airbnb, right? My thing with Airbnb is I feel that there is a subset of the Airbnb market that jumped in head first um, and as they say, like a day late and a dollar short. And what I mean is I am concerned with people that got Airbnbs uh, or bought a home, even as a first time home buyer for the intent of using it as an Airbnb and they don't have the funds in the event that they aren't able to rent it out. At any given moment, um, this whole Airbnb thing can go. Um, there are some cities that have changed ordinances and require certain types of um, licenses um, for you to have to be able to do short-term rentals. The reality is it impacts the um, the hotel industry. And the hotels that have come to a lot of these cities, they got tax breaks to come. And the city has their um, alliances and, and allegiances with those hotels. Um, I just can completely see an event happening where they are able to pull the plug and people are going to be left scrambling. What you going to do? Um, that's my concern because I, I have had multiple first time home buyers come <laughs> and say, Oh, I just graduated school. Um, I want to buy a house. Um, you got any first time home buyer programs? And then we'll go through the whole rigmarole and they want down payment assistance and then they'll let it slip that, Oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to live there. It's going to be an Airbnb. No, ma'am. It's not. It is not. And that, to me, even though, you know, I've had several conversations like that, it's indicative of a lot of people. That's a small sampling of the population, but nonetheless, it is still data. And I know for sure, um, as fraud is starting to increase around the nation, it is at its highest level it's been at in years. Some of y'all got these Airbnbs with your PPP money. And you really can't afford for the market to turn on you. And I think that that is something that does need to be addressed. Uh, I mean, that's a good good way to look at it. I would say um, whenever you purchase real estate, especially from an investment standpoint, I always tell people to look at multiple exit strategies, right? So if you can't do Airbnb, what can you do, right? Can you rent it? How fast can you rent it? Is it in a location that people from Charlotte would want to live in, right? Those are the things you want to, to know. And also, would they want to rent it at the price that you think it's worth, right? Those are things that are important. Um, or would you be able to lease it to a sub-leasing company will then take care of it for you? So, I mean, there's a lot of options if traditional Airbnb doesn't work out. 
Um, and then to our, our previous conversation in regards to HOAs, obviously you have to make sure that if you're purchasing something that the HOA allows that to happen, right? A lot of HOAs do have restrictions where you can't have anybody renting it less than six months, right? So you want to keep those things in mind if that is something that you plan to do. Um, but ultimately, again, there's a housing shortage in Charlotte. So I'm sure for the most part, you should be able to find somebody to lease it or rent it out. Um, I will say the, the reason why most people that I've worked with in general aren't able to rent out their properties in general is they have too many restrictions. They don't want smokers. They don't want people with pets. They don't want things like that. So they don't want the, the house to be trashed. What, what yeah, you yeah. going to do then? You know, yeah, if you're so, somebody that's just kind of barely getting by. How you gonna pay for repairs? Yeah. Like, you so know. yeah, the the least number of restrictions you have, the easier it is to rent. But obviously, you have to be able to take what comes with that, right? Um. So yeah, it's definitely a interesting topic as far as you know what happens when you can no longer Airbnb. What's your what's your next option? And again, as an investor, you have to think ahead, right? So again, when Airbnb shut down for the pandemic, right? Airbnb literally stopped overnight. All bookings were canceled. Again, I went through that as a, as a host. Um. I mean, for the most part, it didn't matter to me because that wasn't the primary source of income for me. But it was definitely uh, like a scary time because it was like I had people planning to come that specific weekend. And then, oh, Charlotte is now a hotspot. I don't want to travel because COVID, yada, yada, yada. So, again, you were if that was how I was relying to pay my mortgage, I would probably be in a situation where, again, I was looking to figure out what my next move was. Um, so I know a lot of people got hit with that. And even so, what we're talking about now, there was an article recently in the I think it's somebody tweeted. I don't even I believe it started on Twitter. But uh, DJ Academics, who's a um, industry DJ, uh, he does a lot of uh, pop podcasts and stuff like that. He was talking. He posted on his Instagram story or page that and he basically said, "It's uh, Airbnb's ain't hint like they used to," and it, it was a list of like ten places where the market is going crazy. So several Tennessee, which is basically pitching forward, just going it was low. I think Phoenix was on that list as well. It was like fifteen cities. I think Myrtle Beach might even been on there. Um, Asheville, I think, was on the list as well. Uh, but again, those are highly tourist areas, so you would typically think if there is a crash or things are going to slow down, tourist areas will hit first because they have the most inventory. Um, as we talk about on this podcast a lot, it, real estate is local, right? So Charlotte, I can say it's uh, is protected from it, but it has some built-in stuff where it wouldn't. You have you can pivot pretty fast in a city like Charlotte, where in those cities, the most of the population now are getting people that travel. So you have a different subset or of rules that you have to be concerned with. So if you were going to give advice to someone that wanted to get into having an Airbnb, um, from a savings standpoint, how much would you recommend that they have um, saved up in reserves? A um, couple of months, six months? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, you got to furnish the place, right? Like, it's not obviously an empty apartment like if you were renting it out. So, you got to furnish it. That means it's a, you need a bed or multiple beds, depending on the bedrooms it is. You need, obviously, regular appliances and TVs. And a lot of people do theme Airbnbs. So, just, just getting it outfitted, you're probably talking close to $3,000-ish. I mean, you can go cheap. You can go to, like, I don't know what name names it down hosting the podcast, but you can go, you get some cheaper furniture, but just on the low end, you're probably thinking about $3,000 to fit the place. Um, and then after that, again, it runs itself for the most part. You do have to maintain it. Um, and then to make sure that, you know, it's clean and in good condition, obviously the whole um, uh, thing works on reviews. So again, only, all it takes is one or two bad reviews and then you won't be getting any booking, so it won't matter, right? So you definitely have to make sure it's in uh pristine condition as close as possible 
um, to keep you in business and so you can hope have a super host ready. Um, so, I mean, those are things you definitely need to worry about and be concerned about. But like I said, on the low end, you probably need 3000 just to get it ready. Um, and then obviously if you're, if this is a part of your mortgage, then of course you got to figure out, you know, how much that costs per month. I know before when it first kind of got jumped off, the people from Atlanta were coaching people on how to, uh, take apartment that you might be renting or potentially going to be renting and then renting out as Airbnb, which is again, definitely something that may be tough to do in a lot of places because they have rules against it. Um, but that was a situation where people weren't even really planning to live in there to what you're talking about. And now they have this extra bill of, you know, um, a rent payment of say $1,500 that they had no way of, mm -hmm. of getting or paying for without people actually staying in the place. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely the, the, in general, Charlotte market is, is cool, but you have to, again, understand what you're getting into. So. Okay. I think that's some pretty good advice. Because, I mean, even on the mortgage side, anytime that we are lending out, we're expecting someone that's going to be an investor to have a lot of money. Minimum 15% down is a down payment. And then we also want you to have six months in reserve. So six months of mortgage payments saved up somewhere, 401k, wherever it is. That can be liquidated in the event that you need to access some funds so i just like i said i have a big concern that a lot of people that are kind of following um TikTok advice they ain't got it yeah i mean it's definitely a, a slippery slope you definitely could go down a rabbit hole you definitely can lose money obviously by doing this again you're literally having to you have to again furnish the whole place to make sure that it's livable um, and then the flip side of that is if someone breaks something tomorrow, if you have somebody coming in the, that same day or the next day, you need to be able to replace that so that the property looks like it is in the pictures, right? Um, yes, there's insurance through Airbnb, and typically if you buy something, show the receipt, they will replace it. I did have one incident in my five years where a guy, he broke my, my ceiling fan. I don't even know how he broke a ceiling fan, but he broke my ceiling fan. It was like the the little chain rope was stuck in the ceiling fan. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? I'm like, never mind. I don't even know, know what you were doing. But I pretty much went to Lowe's, bought the new one, replaced it, and then I um, basically posted it. Uh, I uh, tagged him and had him confirm that, he, of course, he broke it. And he said, whatever he said, I sent it the receipt. Airbnb basically took out of the uh, security deposit, like a better word, and paid me out immediately. So, I mean, it was something I was able to build a remedy in less than 24 hours. Um, but again, that's because I was actively watching the property, making sure things were going good. But imagine my next person came in and the ceiling fan wasn't working. They would, of course, be screaming at me about the ceiling fan not working and they pay for it to be operable. I want a refund and, you know, how that whole story goes. So definitely you have to keep an eye on it and have checks and balances in place. And you need to be able to address any issues that occur really fast. Because mm -hmm. um, like I said, all it takes is one bad review and then your Airbnb business is pretty much down, down the drain. I can believe it. All right, well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully, we've uh, shared some stuff that you can use to uh, spark some discussion with your family and friends. If you love what you heard, please uh, share, like the episode. Um, again, we need more people to listen to get the information. Again, our goal is just to help people to become homeowners. Um, again, that's one person at a time. So definitely, if you like what you heard, share this with someone. Thank you. Peace. Fuck is paid off, got a house to the own. Fuck is paid off, got a house to the own.